Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we go and study the Word of God. Today, there's two ways you can reach out to us and connect. One is through email at pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Again, that's pastoreric523 at gmail.com. Or you can write us at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Again, that's Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. And today we're going to continue our study of the love of God. And God, I call it first Grace Foundations, and then God's love for us. And this is the second teaching in this in this series. And just wanted again to establish that God's glorious, mighty, you know, I don't know if I, I don't have the words to go into depth about how much God loves us. But the fact of the matter is that if we know how much God loves us and what he gave up to get us, what he paid to purchase us for the gospel writer says that we are God's purchased possession. Another place it says that we were created for his pleasure. And so when we talk about God's love, it's God's uh, expression, his compassion, his passion, as it was noted in the Gospels, how that Jesus was driven to go to the cross and where there was nothing that was going to stop him. There was nothing that was going to delay him, although he knew his life would be uh, that his life would have to be given for man. He did it for love and that love coming from his father. And Jesus being the expressed love of God upon the earth. And so when we go into this teaching today, that is my whole purpose. And uh, again, it can't all be covered in one lesson. Or if I could teach a million lessons, I could never go to the get to the bottom of how much God loves us and what he is doing for us. And we'll go a little deeper today and touch on uh, one of the things I think is a hindrance into us learning about God's love is that many people consider God's love for us as elementary uh, and that, you know, this is the entry point into salvation. It's the entry point into Christianity. And so they get it. They talk about it. They talk about John three sixteen. They talk about first uh, uh, John uh, four, uh, seven and eight. And then many leave it because they feel like, okay, I know about God's love. Let me get to media matters. But the fact is that we will never, I'm repeating myself. We'll never get to the bottom of the of the height, depth, width of all that uh, that that God loves us and how He expresses it for us and how He did it from the very beginning. And if we go back and read in Genesis one, how that God gave man not only uh, He created him and breathed life into him, but He gave man uh, He gave man His assignment in the earth, telling him to be fruitful multiply and go about uh, replenishing the earth and duplicating Eden all over the earth as he had done in, uh, in Eden. God wanted, that was one of the commandments for Adam to compete, to complete or repeat what he had saw done in Eden. But we all know the fall of, of Adam and what uh, transpired after that. But what God gave Adam was greater than what he gave the angels. So what did he give Adam? He gave Adam not only an assignment, but he gave Adam dominion. Nobody, nobody, no other creature on the earth 
had dominion like Adam did. Adam had, a, uh, and in that dominion was an authority. He commanded. He had power over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, everything that creeps upon the earth. Everything was under his command. Even the angels were there to serve him. They were there to minister to him. And so when I, uh, I believe that that led to the fall of man, because we know that, uh, you know, the Bible story and what happened in Genesis 3, that Satan saw the, what God gave to uh, Adam superior to what he gave to the angels. And so as we get into this, and these are just some of the just little tidbits I want to give is that when we get to and we study and as again, it will take you for the rest of your life, even into eternity. And if you could get to the bottom of God's love for us, then that would make you God. And we all know that's not happening. But what we will can say is that as we go and as we study, as we meditate, as we read and as we uh, delve into the love of God, this is where and this is what unlocks our faith. It unlocks the power. It unlocks miracle, miracle signs and wonders. Why? Because we are receiving from God. And then as we receive his love, we can give his love and demonstrate. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus demonstrated the love of God. So we're going to start out today in one of those demonstrations in the, in the book of St. Mark. Mark, the first chapter, we're going to start reading around the uh, I say we're going to start reading around the 38th verse. And this is when Jesus uh, encounters a leper. Again, this is St. Mark, first chapter, 38th verse. And it reads, and he said to them, and this is Jesus talking, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. So again, Jesus was on a mission and he had, and many estimate and Bible scholars believe that he had about a three and a half year a tenure, a three and a half year minister ministry on the earth. So time was of the essence for him. He had no time to waste. He had, but you will see that what he did was he stayed in communication with the father because he knew, he said, oh, he said, what I've heard, I do what I hear my father. He, he, he said over in John, he said, my words are John 66, 63, my words are spirit and they are life because life was in his words. Power was in his words. Authority was in his words. And he knew if I say what God says and I speak these words in faith, it shall come to pass. So we go to verse number 39. And he preached and Jesus preached in the synagogues throughout all Galilee, casting out devils. And verse number 40 says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him or begging him with him or pleading with him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you will, if thou wilt, King James Version, if thou wilt, he said, well, you can make me clean. So this leper was saying, hey, Lord, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that you can do this. This miracle you have in your word, the miracle is in you. You are the miracle man. He said, you can make me clean. And Jesus was what? Moved with compassion. And we ended our previous lesson talking about that love is uh, rather compassion is love in action. It adds not only it, it, it does it have some parts of, of, of it has care in it. It has love in it. But those things and, and also he has action and passion for you because it says compassion where you, you're combining these things together and with love and action and, and passion meet together. And then a miracle came forth. 
And it says, Jesus was moved with compassion and he put forth his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be thou clean. And I think that's one of the things that we go back to that 40th verse. And this man was saying, because remember, this was before the cross. This was before uh, uh, Jesus had declared that all power was given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he gave that same power unto us and he and, and it distributed to his disciples and disciples to all those who would believe. And so this this uh, this man had this leper that asked him, said, Lord, if you if you will, you can do this. But it's already been provided for us. We are beyond the cross. So everything we need, every need that you have, every bill that you may ever have, any sickness that may come upon your body, God has already provided healing. He's provided deliverance. He's provided a way of escape. There will no temptation that will come upon you that you will not be able to bear. There will nothing that will ever confront you that God doesn't have the answer and he's put the answer out there for you. What God is asking us to do is to draw on it. Draw on him. Father, I know that you are for me. And I think that's a big roadblock for many of us. What we feel, you know, when we, when we miss the mark and we sort of draw back. And I've noticed that, you know, as you deal with people, as you deal even with yourself, sometimes we all feel, you know, that feeling will come. But we don't have to give in to our feeling where we may miss the mark, where we get angry, where we say words that we wish we wouldn't have said and wish we could draw them back. You know, we do things we wish we wouldn't have done and we wish we could do a, uh, do a that, that would be a do over. But in life, you know, you can, we can repent. We can say, I'm sorry. But, you know, when those words go out, you can't. Stick your hand out. You can't do like the cartoon and grab those words and pull them back. But we have a God and a Savior. Scripture says that we have a we have we have a Savior that has be touched, can be touched with our feelings, and we'll go into that later. But we have a Savior that suffered as a man. That's why Jesus had to come. He suffered just like we we have. He had the same temptations as we have. He was tempted, but he did not he did not fall into those temptations. He became sin, but he did not sin. Because we got what he deserved. Jesus deserved a kingly and a princely and anything. The, the, the lordships and the and the praise and the worship that would have come to a man if the world would have recognized who he was. When Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, he said, If you knew who was speaking to you, you would ask of him water. And when this woman finally got the revelation that she was speaking to the Messiah, she said, where is this water? I would, I, I would like a drink of it. Because she recognized that's a, that's a, when, when the Lord had told her who she was, her current situation, and spoke into her of her past and where she was, she said, Lord. She recognized him as Lord. And that's what God is asking us to do by faith. Faith. Is, is, is what it what connects us with God. Hebrews says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. When they saw Jesus working miracles, they said, Lord, what must, how, what must we do? How can we do the miracles that we see you do? We see you healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out devils and feeding the poor. He said, believe in the one whom God has sent. He said, you believe in me. Exercise your faith. I know you're looking at this body. But what did the Lord tell Samuel over in uh, around Samuel, First uh, Samuel, around 16, 17 chapter? He said, man looks at the outward appearance, 
See, many people say in our day that, you know, I wish I would have been in Jesus' day. I wish I would have been uh, one of the disciples. But before you do, before you, if God could take, if God would take you back, you'd be looking at a, just an ordinary man on the outside. And it would, it took the faith. That's why those men were born in the time they were born. Because God saw that they would believe. He saw that they were born. Paul and, and Paul wasn't one of the original 12. But God, uh, Jesus picked those men because he saw with a discerning eye who they were. But they also had to come to the revelation of who he was. It had to be revealed to him, revealed to them. And so going back to where, going back to here, to uh, St. Mark 1, 40 and 41, the compassion of Jesus that he had for this leper and, 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 and the faith that the this leprous man had would brought forth his healing. And the second and the 42nd verse says, as soon as Jesus spoke, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. That's what that's who God is. Not only he is the miracle working God, he is the loving God. Yes, he's a God that uh he God gives us righteousness. Not so we are the righteousness of God. And as uh <clears throat> As the book of, of, of Galatians talks about, it says that we have the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's Galatians 2 and 2.20. Galatians 3.29 says, talks about how that we are the seed of Abraham. All these things God has given us, but it does not anywhere say what Jesus ever sanctioned sin. If you are a righteous person and you discover the love of God, it would it will give you that same passion to want to please him and how we live, how we give, how we interact with men and women upon the earth. We'll be a better husband, a better wife, a better pastor, a better uh, 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 member, a better doctor, a better lawyer, a better policeman, a better policewoman, a better lawyer. We All of these things, it will, it will compel us that we become better. And we would, if when we allow the God in us to shine to the outside, that men will see our good works, as scripture says in Matthew 6, and glorify God in heaven. They would see who we are and say, surely, as the prophet said, surely the Lord, this, no, this was uh, Jacob, surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. Surely God was in this man. Surely God was in that woman. And I didn't know I didn't know who I was dealing with. Because God loves us. He does all these things and more. He's just waiting on us to believe. You don't have to be worthy to be healed. God's already provided your healing. He's not punishing you with cancer. He's not punishing you with uh, the loss of your job. He's not punishing you with divorce. He's not punishing you. With uh, with uh, with debt, or uh, because you lost your keys, or you lost your, you know, you you lost, you might have lost your son, your son, or your daughter might have died with COVID, or you know, uh, a son or daughter might have been killed in the military, or your dad who was a good man and with a police officer, or a police woman, policeman, or police woman, or uh, you know, your dad may have left you. That was not God punishing you. God wasn't trying to make you tougher. He wasn't trying to prove a point. 
It's the enemy. The Bible says in John 10, 10, John 10th chapter, rather, it says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But what did Jesus say? I have come. I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. When we're talking about abundant life, we're talking about growing uh, 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 more than more than enough and abundance over and above. That's what abundance is. It's over and above more than enough, enough and extra. That's what abundance is. Not only are my needs met, not only are my family needs met, but I can now give. That's what the abundance in the earth is meant for. That's what God meant when he's, he wants to prosper us. God doesn't want to prosper us so we can buy 17 cars and 13 homes and, you know, get all the meat cokes and have a thousand pair of shoes and, and seven and, 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 you know, and uh, a yacht on the East Coast, yacht on the West Coast, a yacht in the Caribbean or uh, three or four airplanes. Why do you need all those things? But God blesses his people so we can be a blessing. And you know what? If you had all those things, God, it doesn't bother God. As long as they don't have you, and as long as that's, if you don't make them those 17 cars your, uh, your God, it doesn't bother God. If, as long as the Lord is the head of your life, as long as he can, if he can tell you, you know what? Give that one away. Bless that sister going down there that's walking to, the, uh, to church every day. Bless that young man. Give him a job at, 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 the, at your factory or in the store or in the, your, your company. That's what God wants us to be, a blessing. And that's what love does. Love has a compassion to help, to support, to be a blessing. And that's what the father told Abraham. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. And he said, and I'll cause you to be a blessing. That's who God is. That's, that's, who, that's what kind of father we have. He wants you to be a blessing. But we can't bless others with love if we don't receive love from him. So let's go on now. Let's go to uh, Psalms. Uh, and this is a familiar scripture over in Psalms 8, verse 3. And it reads, and, when I, and this is David talking, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, and David begins to talk, what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou hast visited him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor. Thou made him to have dominion over the works of thy hand, and thou hast put all things under his feet. I believe the very angel, the day that Adam was created, when they saw him, when they saw God breathe into this man and and he and, 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 and Eve were created and they see this man rise up and they see God like a loving father. You know, when the father gets that baby, you know, Adam was created as a full grown man. But being a father and, and you hold your baby's daughter or your baby or your son and you look at him and you see the miracle at your wife tore with them for, you know, for, they carried them for nine months, you know, and, and now here they are. And they, and they, and they, they, the babies come through the birth process, you know, and they clean them up by the time, usually when you get them and you see the life that God has given. And that's what God did for Adam. I believe God, the word is doted. It means that, you know, just sort of hovered over them after he had created him and breathed life into him. God blessed him, gave him his, 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 gave him his best. 
So if God did that for Adam in his innocence, because that's who Adam was. Adam wasn't a perfect man. He was an innocent man. He didn't know right nor wrong. Remember, he had not eaten of the tree of, of good and evil. But he didn't, so he was just an innocent man. But here we are with Christ, the second Adam. He, Jesus was the God in flesh. He was a, the spiritual Adam. And he came and God gave him everything. All power in heaven and in earth. See, Adam had power on the earth. Oh, the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and all the creeping things. But Jesus said, all oh, Jesus said, I got power over the spiritual and the natural. And he gave that power to us because he loves us. And he, as the Bible said, because God is love, as Genesis, as uh, 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, God is love. He is love. And he, again, wants to show that love to us. And here we see in Psalms 4 and, and uh, 3 through 8, how the how David, David, not only was he a psalmist, but he was a prophet also. And you know, prophets can look forward and they also can look backwards. And I believe David looked back and just through, uh, through the miraculous power of God. He could see the father just loving on Adam and loving and, and all the things that God put on him. He said, what is man? Because he considered. Go back and let's go back and read that. He said, um, up in what was part of that? The first part of this, the first verse says, O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who set thy glory above the heavens. And out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained praise, or drained strength, rather. Because of thy enemies, thou mayest set, thou mayest steal the enemies and the avenger. And then he says in the third verse, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. David is saying, all oh, this wondrous works, what you did, all the heavens and the stars and the planets and the galaxies that you have created. And I look and see who you've loved the most. It says that what is man that thou art mindful? He says, your mind is full of this one, this little man. He said, and then thou, thou art mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him. The Bible says every day in the cool of the day, God communed with Adam. And he, he spoke, he came every day, the word. That was Jesus. Just came through and talked to them. And they communed together and spoke together. And this is what God has given us access. That's what Romans 5, 1 talks about. We have access into this grace in which we stand. We have access to the heavenly father, to the God of heaven and earth through his son. If we go now to uh, the book of Ephesians, we'll go to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians, um, let's go there. Let me, let me turn there real quick. Ephesians 1, I believe, 1 and 5. Let's go there. It says, having, this is what God has done for us. Ephesians 1, 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise to the, of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Not only are we the loved of God, we are the beloved. We are, we are the child. We are the children whom God loves. And if we go over to 
the book of Matthew. I don't know if we got time. To, I'll, I'll, I'll just paraphrase this, but you can take time out to go there. This is Matthew. The uh, uh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to go real quick. This is St. Matthew 3, fourth chapter. And it talks about how that uh, in the fourth chapter, it talks about how that Satan came and he tempted Jesus. And he told him, uh, this is four. He says, if thou be the son of God, cast yourself down for his written. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hand, they shall bear thee up. Lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone. So Satan basically was challenging Jesus' knowledge of who God was. Because, and you say, why do you say that, preacher? Because in just two verses in the in the prior chapter, verse 16, 17, God told Jesus who he was. And see, if Jesus would have knelt down, then he would have been calling God a liar. Because Satan is saying, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down and prove it. And see, Jesus would have been expressing unbelief. If he would have jumped him, if he would have obeyed Satan, he would have been showing, he would have been, a, he would have been involved in an act of unbelief. And see, that's the one sin that I never read in the Bible, but you can repent of unbelief. The only way to reverse unbelief is to believe. You must believe. And, 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 to, and the way to reverse unbelief is through the word of God. So this is what um, Matthew 3rd chapter 16 verse says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight up out of the water. This is uh, St. Matthew 3 and 16. He went straight up out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened up unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And this is what the Lord said. This is what God said to Jesus. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. God said, Not only are he my, not only he my son, he's my beloved son. And this is the same thing. That the Lord spoke over us. He says that we are the beloved. We are accepted. Why are we accepted? Because of what Jesus did. It's not about what you do. And see, this is what throws a lot of people. Because when you say this, that Jesus has given us of past, present, and future sins, they said, oh, well, so what are you saying? I'm saying that Jesus died for the whole world. Whole world. All of the, the sin question has been answered. But can I tell you something? All men have not received Jesus. See, that's the issue. And see, what we want to get stuck on is that when after man gets saved, you know, if the drunk is out in the, you know, or the drug addict is out in the neighborhood and we kind of wish it to witness to them and tell them, oh, you know, God loves you. God cares so much for you. He's 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 the God. Of, of today, he's a God of yesterday, he's a God forever, and God loves you. But if that same man who was a, was as now he's saved and he gets involved with drugs, or he gets, you know, he 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 falls into sin, or however you want to call it, we will tell them, Oh, you going to hell, and blah blah, this and that, you know, and we put him down and we dangle their feet over over the gates of hell and 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 bring them unto repentance. What am I saying? Am I saying that God uh, doesn't, God, that, that sin is not an issue? Sin is not an issue with God, but it's an issue with us. If you play with Satan, 
The old, the elders say, if you play with fire, you'll get burnt. And to go out and for any believer to go to uh, to to take within their heart, and say, you know what? I think I'm gonna go back and use drugs. I think I'm gonna go out and you know and 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 and, and sleep around and and uh, doing all manner of sin because you know what? God loves me. Yes, He does love you. But can I tell you something? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. What you're asking for, and it's not God. And people say, "Oh, you know, uh, they were saved, and you know, they got caught up in this and that, you know." And God can no, God didn't kill them. They brought this upon themselves because the Scripture says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Why make? Why not make the decision to love God? Why not make a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to receive God's love. And when you fall in love with God, you're not looking to cheat on your wife. You're not looking to go out into sin. You're not go out looking to, you know, be getting high on drugs or, or alcohol or whatever the case may be. You're not looking to hate or to uh, 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 do all manner of sin and, and, and evil, which the world wants to bring upon any, all, any and all of us. But when love enters, the Bible said love covers a multitude of faults. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus never condoned sin. People always would say, go and sin no more. Till one man said, go and let the worship thing come upon you. He said, don't go that way. And that's what the Lord is commanding us to do today. Receive his love. Receive his forgiveness. And walk so that men will see your good works and glorify God in heaven. Let's fall in love with him and allow him to love us. This is Pastor Eric Hubbard asking you to continue on with me as we journey in grace.